Hello, I'm Pastor Daniel Flukey. Welcome to the Sermon Podcast from Christ the King and Living Hope Lutheran Churches. We are congregations of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, located in Port Washington and Saukville, Wisconsin. We believe God's love is for you. Here's our message for this week. From John 9, verses 1 through 17. As he walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, Go and wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. Then he went and washed and came back able to see. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, It is he. Others were saying, No, but it is someone like him. He kept saying, I am the man. But they kept asking him, Then how were your eyes opened? And he answered, The man called Jesus made mud spread it on my eyes and said to me, go to Shalom and wash. Then I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also began to ask him how he had received his sight. He said to them, he put mud on my eyes. Then I washed and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God for he does not observe the Sabbath. But others said, how can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? And they were divided. So they said again to the blind man, what do you say about him? It was your eyes he opened. He said, he is a prophet. We continue our reading from the Holy Gospel according to John chapter 9. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. The Jews did not believe that the man had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind But we do not know how it is that he now sees, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders, for the Jews had already agreed that anyone who confessed Jesus to be the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he is of age. Ask him. So, For the second time, they called the man who had been born blind, who had been blind, and they said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, I do not know whether he is a sinner. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, 
Now I see. They said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Then they reviled him, saying, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, Here's an astonishing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but he does listen to one who worships him and obeys his will. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You were born entirely in sins, and are you trying to teach us? And they drove him out. Jesus heard that they had driven him out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir? Tell me, so that I may believe in him. Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and the one speaking with you is he. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment so that those who do not see may see, and those who do see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees heard near him heard this and said to him, Surely we are not blind, are we? Jesus said to, him, said to them, If you were blind, you would not have sin. But now that you say, We see, your sin remains. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Grace to you and peace from the one who was, who is, and who is to come, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. So when I was in high school, I went on a weekend mission trip with a small group from church. It was a very small group. It was two families and one other girl named Paige. And somehow on the way, we decided that if anything went wrong the entire weekend, it was Paige's fault. Traffic jam? Wrong turn, blame Paige, her fault. Somebody having a bad day, we blamed it on Paige. And I think, I hope, that we all were in on the joke. We all knew that it was not actually Paige's fault. Paige is the short one in front. We all knew that it was not actually her fault if it rained when we went to the park for lunch. Sometimes things just go wrong, right? But imagine what it would be like if we were not joking. If we truly believe that everything that went wrong had to have an explanation, had to have somebody whose fault it was, put yourselves in the shoes of this man in that gospel story. He has been blind his whole life. And for his whole life, he's had to put up with people wondering why. Exactly what the disciples ask out loud Whose fault is it? Why did this happen? And I'm sure that in the story, the disciples don't mean anything by it. They're not teasing the man. They're not trying to hurt him. They're trying to learn more about God. They come to Jesus and they ask this question. They ask Jesus, our question for today, who sinned? After all, somebody had to have messed up. Was it this man or his parents? Somebody had to have done something to deserve this, right? God must be trying to send a message through this guy's condition. So, Jesus, 
whose fault is it? Is it this man or his parents? Or maybe we should go farther back. Any of you read the book Holes? Maybe he had a no good, dirty, rotten, pig stealing great great grandfather. Somebody's read it. Okay. I think that it's human nature, right, to try to find someone to blame, to want to assign blame when something happens, or if not to blame, at least find an explanation. After all, if there's an explanation, if there's someone in particular we can point to, something they did wrong, well, then there must be something that I can do to avoid that happening to me. I just have to avoid doing whatever sin that guy did or avoid doing whatever his parents did, and I will get to keep my sight. It's a way of feeling in control. So who sinned, this man or his parents? Who sinned that this man was born blind? What message is God sending? Answering the disciples, Jesus is clear. This man's blindness has nothing to do with sin, either his sin or his parents' sin. It's just the way he was born. Sometimes, perhaps more often than we think, certainly more often than we're comfortable with, there is no explanation, no one we can blame except the reality of living in a broken world. The disciples in the story are asking the wrong question. And Jesus makes this point at least one other time as well, Luke chapter 13. And in that story, I won't read it, but there'd been a tragedy where 18 people had died when a tower had collapsed. And Jesus says, they were not any worse sinners than all the people who lived. They, weren't, they were sinners, he says, but not any worse than the other people. It was not a punishment on them when this tower fell on them. It was something that went wrong. And as it turns out in this story, the disciples are partially right. God is trying to send a message in this story, but it's not a message of punishment or blame. Jesus says it's an example for us to follow. This man's blindness is not a result of sin. Neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works may be revealed in him. And be careful there. I do not believe, and I don't think Jesus is saying, that God caused this man to be blind so that some number of years later, Jesus could come by and use him as an object lesson. That's a really slippery slope to go down to say, because you, you end up saying God chooses who the building is going to fall on. God chooses who's going to get cancer or fall asleep while driving. That is not the way God works. Jesus says the man's blindness, though, is an opportunity for God's work to be done, an opportunity to see God's goodness revealed. But God did not just set this man up to be an object lesson. This man born blind is a real person. He too is called to discipleship, called to follow Jesus in need of forgiveness, just like all of us. And in this story where the disciples see an object lesson, an opportunity to point out sin, Jesus sees a person in need. Not only does Jesus see him, Jesus takes the initiative to transform his life. The disciples got hung up on trying to interpret a message in the man's suffering. Jesus moved to meet his needs. Which example do you think we are called to follow? And the man does not ask to be healed. 
He doesn't ask to be made an object lesson. It's entirely possible he doesn't know anything about Jesus, much less that Jesus is God. The main point of this story is not the miracle Jesus performs. That's amazing and wonderful. That's not the main point. The point is the reaction to it, both the man's reaction to being given sight and also the crowd's reaction to what Jesus does. As we read through the chapter, watch what happens to the man. So first, he goes and he washes in the pool like Jesus told him to, and then he comes back and he can see. And other people who know him, know he's been blind, say, wait a minute, isn't that guy the one who used to be blind? And he tells them, yes, I was blind. I am that guy. But then some guy named Jesus came along, stuck some mud in my face, and I washed it off, and now I can see. Naturally, they ask him, where is this Jesus fellow? And he doesn't know. A little later, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, the ones who think that they know everything about God, they come and they ask him about Jesus, and this formerly blind man says, well, he must be a prophet, must be somebody from God. And they keep questioning him about whether Jesus is a sinner, trying to trap him. But he refuses to play along with their game. He refuses to speculate or to try to explain what happened. Instead, he sticks to what he knows. I was blind, but now I can see. Sounds kind of like a song, right? Here's what I know. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. That's his testimony. You and I are called to do the same thing, to tell how we have experienced God, to tell what has happened in our own lives, not to try to explain everything, not to have all the answers, but to say what we know. God has found us. When we were lost, Jesus came looking for us. And Jesus found us. By the end of the story, when Jesus literally comes looking for him and seeks him out and finds him again, the man says, Lord, I believe. The man goes in the story from being physically blind to having his eyes opened, but much more importantly, he moves from spiritual blindness to faith. The Pharisees, for their part in the story, though, they go the opposite way. At the beginning of the story, they are convinced that they can see probably better than anybody else can see. They are perfectly comfortable with labeling what's going on in the world, what God is doing, labeling people as holy or sinful, in or out, clean, good, clean religious people, or unclean. The disciples' question of who sinned makes sense to the Pharisees because they are so sure that they know the answer. They assume this man must be punished for some terrible sin. And so they can't understand when he's transformed by Jesus. And rather than accept him, they banish him. So often, I think you and I are tempted to do the same kind of thing, right? Separating ourselves from the people that we see as worse sinners than we are. And there's always somebody we can find who's done worse than us, right? But the real answer to the question of who sinned is all of us. We all need Jesus' forgiveness. We all need God's grace. And Jesus offers it to all of us. 
In that last verse of our reading this morning, Jesus cryptically tells the Pharisees, if you were blind, you would not have sin. But now that you say we see, your sin remains. It's the people, the good religious people, who are absolutely sure that they are right, Jesus says. The ones who are certain that they are right and how they've labeled others who are the ones in the story who are wrong. Light comes from seeing through Christ, but if you claim to see without Christ, all you end up with is darkness. Jesus does not look at tragedies and try to find somebody to blame. He doesn't look at the labels people have given others and take them as eternal designations. Instead, Jesus encounters people and changes them. Jesus brings a new birth. He offers a fresh start. And this gift, this fresh start is for you and for me as well. You are not defined by how others see you, but by Jesus, the one who claims you and gives you life. This world's labels are temporary, but God's love for you is eternal. One final detail that I want to point out in this story. Look at how Jesus goes about actually healing this guy. He spits into the dirt to make mud, then uses the mud for the healing, which is strange. Obviously, Jesus does not need mud to heal. I don't think the point is that he has magic saliva or something like that. There is a deeper connection going on here. Remember the creation story. Go back all the way to Genesis, the very beginning of the Bible, the beginning of the story. What does God form humans out of? God takes the dust of the earth and shapes it and then breathes life into the mud to form people. As we said on Ash Wednesday, remember you are dust and to dust you shall return. And so when Jesus uses mud in this story, it's like he's giving this man a whole new start a whole fresh creation. This is the answer to the question from a few weeks ago. How do we start again? The answer is through Jesus, through God's grace. Like Jesus discussed with Nicodemus, the man is born again, recreated. You and I, too, are recreated by God's work, born again in Jesus Christ. For us, it's not through mud, but through the waters of baptism that we are washed clean. We drown. We are reborn as children of God and inheritors of eternal life. May we live as people who are born again, people who recognize what God has done for us and act as if it's true. May we share that light of Christ with others. And may the peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. To learn more about the ministries of Living Hope and Christ the King, to ask for prayer, or to make a donation to support the work we are doing in Ozaki County, you can visit our websites at livinghopesockville.org or ctkport.org, or click the link in the show notes to find us online or on social media. May God bless you, and we hope you'll join us again soon.